You're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. Have you ever seen something someone else had and wanted it? But I'm not just talking about material in this message. It's more than that. Maybe it's somebody's appearance. I want her eyes, her nose, his hair. (laughs) Maybe it's a relationship. I wish wish our marriage, I wish my kids. Maybe someone's personality is what you want. They're so outgoing. They're so confident. They're so funny. Maybe for you, it's someone's peace. They're just so cool, calm, collected. Have you ever seen something someone else had and wanted it? That's that's the big idea for this entire series, because if you're feeling that, you're not alone. Jesus' disciples, they felt the very same thing, and I want to talk about that today in a message that we're calling The Blueprint. Hey, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Pastor Keith, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon series from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay. Hey, this week we are discussing week numero uno. Numero one. Yes, (laughs) the first one. We're not in week 18 of something. (laughs) Week one from the sermon series, Teach Us to Pray. Uh, Again, my name is Pastor Keith, and joining me today are my illustrious guests. Mm -hmm. I'm Pastor Dallas. Hi. Hi. Hi, Pastor Dallas. Welcome. I did want to do a voice again because it would be, well, maybe, hold on. Hello. <laughs> Hello, I'm Pastor Dallas. Sorry. Sorry. Very okay. good. Okay. My my podcast voice could be, I was thinking it could be British now. Like maybe I should just always talk with like a British accent. Nope. Just totally nope. change <laughs> your life. No. Okay. Anyway, it's Megan. Hi. Try it. If, if it's all the same to you. Okay. If it's all the same to you, try no, I don't like where this is going. I don't, I don't know. This is too complex. You can't say try and then try, do a weird sound afterwards. Try. try. Ah. Trying to come up with something good. You're trying to give me a challenge. Yeah. I'm not accepted. Yeah, I would just say try. Just try. Just try speaking close to your mic. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Coach Keith. So that's Megan. Um, and we actually, we have a special guest, a uh, special, special guest Woo-hoo. today. She uh, recently started employment at Life Church. She's in the, in the marketing department. Uh, her name is Sydney Lapointe. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Sydney. Hi, Sydney. So Hello. we were we were about to record press record, and like Megan goes because uh, she's in the marketing marketing team too. She goes, you know what? Maybe we should get Sydney down here just to you know just watch and listen. Yeah. And then uh, that was me like watch and listen. I mean, how <laughs> little did she know? How fun could that be? <laughs> and I was like, well, just put on a headset, and have her just talk. Yeah. And then Dallas goes, whoa, guys, I I might be a lot for Sydney. And I go, nah, she'll be fine. I, I've had I've had two paragraphs for the conversations with Sydney. She, <laughs> she'll be fine. She, Sydney gets in the room, and Dallas goes, "Is, is this going to be a problem?" She goes, "No, this is going to be fun." All right, cool. You better bring yeah, it then. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. So what what do we know? Uh, well, we're in a new series, and the new series teaches us to pray. And um, I love I love what he talked about in that intro about. Um, wanting something that someone else has. And it's interesting because when I think about that, I think about um, uh, middle school. 
oh, middle school, I wanted something oh, that everyone yeah. had. Yep. Uh, the most treacherous years yes, of anyone's life. middle yeah. school. You wanted their backpack. You wanted their shirt. Hair. Yep. You know, I have long hair now, but I didn't have long hair in middle school. I wasn't allowed. <laughs> and so uh, I was very envious of the kids who were because it, it was the 90s and I wanted to have long hair in the 90s and I couldn't. So uh, so it was interesting that you talked about that when it, and when it comes to uh, the, not just physically, but like lifestyle and, and the blueprint with that. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Something I kind of, um, was thinking about with this message is teach us to pray. Well, okay, pastor, but what about all this? You know, there's so much more stuff. Shouldn't we focus on all the other things in the Bible? We're really going to talk about praying, but like, <laughs> I think we have to remember prayer is the catalyst for change. And like prayer mm -hmm. is the strongest, biggest weapon that we have. So I'm super excited to dive into this and to just talk about literally prayer because, um, like you said, what 83% of people want to pray better. So yeah. how yeah. cool is that? And, and, and I love that too, because when I, when I heard that line, the want to pray better, um, my knee jerk reaction, and this might be because I've, I've just done it for a little bit here, a couple minutes longer, um, that t talk to God better. I just talk to God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all I do. Yeah. I'm just, well, I mean, we're going to have so much to break down. How, how can, how can I do better? Cause I a lot of time in my conversation, like, yo, God, seriously. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Like, that is a full succession of prayer right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. But in my head and in my heart, cause God knows both thoroughly. We just had an in-depth conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, this, I, I, I did, I did the prayer, the prayer spot at, at church live in this, in the live building a couple weeks back. And that was the same week that, that pastor Sean said that this, this is what I'm thinking for the new series. And I go, dude, I'm, that's like, that's what I was, that's what my prayer spot was going to be. And it was just a real cool, rev like yeah. a, like a, this moment, this revelation of like, ah, oh, it's probably it's, it's because it happens simultaneously yeah. and it mm -hmm. converged at the same time. Yeah. There's some meat there to yeah. talk about. Um, Okay, I mean, I we we should probably move on to a soundbite unless we want to talk about right. anything else. We're going to talk about the whole message before we even get to a soundbite. Okay. Gonna <laughs> yes. Well, well, I would say one quick question. Yeah. One quick question. I mean, you brought up middle school and yep. high school and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. What was your what was Megan in particular? What what was your favorite movie in middle school, high school? Oh. I mean, I'm from the high school musical era. Oh, like sure, I'm sure, that sure. I'm that oh, age. Sure. Oh, yeah. So So let's go middle school. Okay, middle school is like fifth and sixth. Yeah. Okay. Fifth, sixth, um, seventh. Eight. Favorite movie? Oh, you know what? Ice Princess. Ice Princess. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. That's, see, well, I'm that's pretty a, sure that's what it's called. That's a shock to me. I would, if you were to say, "Hey, Keith, what do you think Megan's favorite movie in middle school was?" I would, I would have said Napoleon Dynamite. Ah, <laughs> there you go, guys. I have to get something off of my chest, <laughs> Keith. Oh. So last week I was referencing a famous painting and I said it was Napoleon Dynamite, but the truth is <laughs> it's not Napoleon Dynamite at all. Nope. <laughs> no, it's Napoleon Bonaparte. Yes. Yeah. Bonaparte? Bonaparte. So she says this and like it immediately sparked like, uh, like I, my ears went up like, yeah, you guys are kind of like the friends that don't tell you when you have but spinach it was such in your a teeth. It was a serious yeah. moment. Yeah, I didn't want to be like, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I not me, not me. I'm like, I'm like, 
Well, uh, maybe it's just a painting I don't know about. Like I, I, yeah. I knew the, I knew it was a, it was a, a popular painting, movie. A I'm like, of Napoleon and, she, and she was saying it with so much conviction. <laughs> yeah. I'm I like, just really I'm in like, my head. I said it perfect. I'm like, well, here's the thing. I don't want to interrupt. And then she'd be like, yes, it's a painting. Aren't you cultured? Like, how did I not? How did I not catch that until like an hour or two later? All of a sudden, my brain goes, uh, "Hey, hey, hey, Megan, <laughs> you said Napoleon." dynamite. <laughs> we got the text message like, and oh my gosh, I started laughing. I'm like, I just thought you knew what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the famous painting was when he, he dances to the Jamiroquai song. Yeah. He has like, it's just a pose. Yeah. Like, Doing oh, the butterfly exquisite. with his hands. Yeah. And it's actually yeah. next to the Napoleon Bonaparte. They're like, mm, which one do you like better? Mm-hmm. And so, so for anyone that thinks that maybe there's editing done in post, there really isn't. We press record, we talk and we unpress record. I immediately it. hand the file over to David Kelso and say, it's good for posting. <laughs> You can send her up. (laughs) Ship shape. (laughs) So uh, the disciples kind of, uh, I mean, not the main characters of the gospels, but definitely kind of the main, kind of the main supporting characters. It's just 12 guys who followed Jesus around for the better part of three years. 12 Jewish guys who were brought up devout or religious, who were brought up very spiritual, 12 guys who grew up seeking God and studying God. You probably know this, but at some point, uh, every one of those guys would have memorized the Torah, the, the law. That's the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. At some point in their life, they would have memorized all five of those books. Yet, yet even with all of that, when they saw Jesus praying, they saw something and they wanted it. We, we see it in Luke chapter 11. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place and, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. These guys who, who'd prayed hundreds of times, who'd spent their entire lives praying, said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They saw something. They heard something. They, they felt something different. They, they realized when it came to prayer, Jesus had something special and, and it was intriguing to them. Not long ago, just, just maybe a year before the pandemic, a huge survey was conducted and 250,000 Christians were polled and they were asked, what's one thing that you would change about your faith. 83% of the 250,000 Christians polled said that they wanted to learn to pray better. Hmm. It's, in, it's interesting because um, I was going to say this before, but I'm kind of glad I didn't. Um, when I first started praying um, as a, not even as a Jesus person yet, I was raised Lutheran. And so for me, I, you know, prayer was something you did. Uh, but I didn't know how to pray and I didn't ask for, for a long time. So my prayers kind of sounded like a letter. I was like, dear God, um, how are you? I, I think one time I even was like, how's the clouds up there? I just didn't know what to say. And I was like, and, um, I just, I just pray that you would be with me. Are you allowed to do that? Like, I would just ask all these questions and stuff. And so it's interesting that you know, again, he says the disciples had so much knowledge and yet they didn't know how to pray and they didn't ask until they saw Jesus. And I think that was the biggest thing for me is when I became a Jesus person, 
And I would, and it wasn't just prayer. It was like everything. Like I remember the first time I ever went to youth group as a Jesus person and a person brought a Bible and a notebook and a pen. And I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm going to take notes of the message. I'm like, oh, I was just going to memorize it. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, so literally I would sit next to people and I would just copy the way they wrote notes. They would do the thing where they would write on the left side of the paper, the scripture. And then on the right side of the page, they would, they would put little circles and I would literally just copy them. And so, and then I just finally got to a point where I was like, so what, why do you do that? And I'm like, oh, I do it dismisses, but there's some truths and nuggets to that. So, um, so it's just interesting that they said that, but also if you look at the, the Bible too, a lot of times when the disciples ask questions, Jesus would be like, oh, your faith, you know? And so like, in a way it's, I think that was a thing to where you go, oh gosh, the disciples were like, I just, I just don't know how to do this. Can you help me? And so, and uh, I'm thankful that he did and, and helped all of us. And when you think about it, when it comes to prayer. Yeah. Um, you know, I, what, when you were talking, I was thinking like, well, if, if no one ever taught you how to do something, how are you expected to know how to do something? Yeah. You know, and, I, and I, I'm teaching my children how to pray. Yeah. And and right now it's, we pray before bed, we pray before meals. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't infiltrated the in times of trouble yet. Let's pray like yeah. on a consistent basis where my kids knee jerk reaction is to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I can tell you that <clears throat> I, I, I think a lot of people want to learn how to pray better because no one just ever said, hey, well, this, just do this. Yeah. I know that a lot of us memorize prayers. Like mm-hmm. I know just from the area of the, of the country we live in, it's like, even if you're not Catholic or Lutheran, yep. um, you know, the, our father, correct. You know, you know, the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. Have you ever dissected it? And like, what am I actually saying? Or do you just know it? I just did it for years. I didn't even know it. You just said it, but I didn't even like, the only thing that I remember was, uh, when it says my cup runneth over, I always imagine in my head that the, the it fell over and I'm like, oh no, oh no, it's all over the table. Like I always would come to my head when I would say that, but I just never knew what it meant. But just, I just pictured a, a table, then it falls over and they're like, oh, sorry guys, sorry. Oh, I got it on the chicken. Like I just, that was my mindset. That was the only thing that stuck out to me, but I just said it. I would never actually think it. Um, yeah, I guess when, I don't know, when I started praying, I guess I didn't really know what to do either. Um, I was just talking and I learned just to t- start talking to God because it's more of a relationship than a religion is what I always think. Um, he's there to listen. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what you're thinking, but he just wants to hear you say it. And that's one of the things I really got from this message this week too. So. And I think the interesting portion of, of your perspective today is, uh, are you a seasoned person in Christ? Meaning like I only prayed when I'm in a season. No, no, no. Are you like, have you, have you, have you been... Have you been slow cooking for a long time? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. How, how long have you been? Have you have you been uh, a, a Christ follower? Um, a year, but really committing for what six months, seven months. I love wow. that because yeah. she says a year, but committing for months. Mm. And then yeah. when I ask her if she's been in this for a while, she goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, enough, enough that I, I will I will proclaim and say, yes, I know enough that I sh- I, I I can be held accountable." Yeah. yeah, you know how many and and to put Sydney on the spot, I mean, how many of you listening? would say have been in this game much longer, but have that faith and have that confidence to say, yes, long enough that I'm, I can be held accountable. Yeah. You know, are you, are you allowing yourself to be held accountable? If you have some years on, on, on this and, and you don't know that answer, mm-hmm. then, then. <sighs> exactly. And that's where the disciples were, right? 
They Boom. were they were seasoned. Yep. They're like, oh yeah, we know this. We've memorized this. And yet yep. they were like, okay, teacher, teach us. Yeah, that's true. Teach us how to how to pray, really. And what I loved the most out of this is that Jesus wasn't like, you morons, that's not how you pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> right? So Jesus had heard them pray their way of praying for however long they had been together up until that point, And he hadn't said anything, right? Yeah. right? And finally, the disciples were like, gosh, I'm, I'm drawn to that. Like mm. it's magnetic. And so it's the same thing for us. Are we being magnetic? Are we exemplifying Christ in that? Mm-hmm. magnetic way where people go, gah, I just want to know. Or are we like, that's not how you do your yeah. Jesus journey. Yeah. <laughs> no. I also think too, it, I think what happened is the disciples had knowledge, but they saw an intimacy that, that Jesus yeah. had with God. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably what they're like, teach us to do that. Cause right. you look like you're in it. Yeah. You look like you're praying. And, and that's where I go back to when I saw people worship. I was like, I love the way you worship. How, how did you start worshiping like that? It's not that I needed like, do I put my hands like this? Do I, I'm putting my hands up and down for, sorry for the listeners. And uh, it wasn't that as much as like, you have an intimacy in that, that I want. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the disciples saw. They saw this intimacy I mean, even the scriptures say like before he was crucified, he was praying and he was, and it said he was, um, uh, sweats of blood. I mean, he was intimate with God. He was, you know, he was real and honest. And I think the disciples saw that and they're like, man, like, I want that. How do you teach me to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, don't, don't be so proud that you're afraid to ask questions Yeah. and don't feel so like, don't feel that your questions are silly or stupid. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know if I get in my own way, if I get in, if I get in the mix of things, uh, I could think that, oh, I should know this by now. Mm-hmm. Like I should know. And, and the people around me think I know this. So uh, I got to, I got to, I got to play it cool because then if, if I tell them, like, if I ask a question, like, well, how, how do you pray? I think I'm an idiot, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, shouldn't you know this by now? And, yeah. and that's a, a thing to remember that yeah. uh, in this Jesus journey, you're going to be around people that like, they know things more than you. And then those same people, you will know more things than them. Yeah. We, we have to be together in this. It's not a competition between one another. It's actually a group project, yeah. you know, and it's okay in this group project to not have all the answers. You know, and that, I think if the world's, if life in general is just, just gigantic trust fall, yeah. Like you're gigantically trust falling into God over and over in every aspect of my finances and my sanity and my marriage and, and how I parent. Mm-hmm. Um, if we just, if it's a constant trust fall into God, wouldn't one of the trust fall ta- challenges be to a- humble yourself and ask? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you see something that somebody has and you want it, mm-hmm. wouldn't you ask them a question on how they obtained it? Yeah. And that's what this is. Correct. That's the disciples saw something that Christ want that had mm-hmm. and they wanted it. Yep. And why wouldn't you just suck up your pride and be like, <clears throat> uh, mm, can, can you tell me how you got that? Cause, <laughs> cause I, I, I think I'd enjoy that myself. Yeah. So it, it's, 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 it's humility. Yep. Not humiliation yep. because people sometimes will confuse those two words. No. It's humility. Humility is putting, putting away your pride and just asking for help. Yeah. Totally agree. You ever feel like you had something happening in your life that you just couldn't, you couldn't grab a hold of it, you couldn't manage it on your own? Crisis has a way of bringing us to the cross, which is 
which is great, but one of the challenges in that is that people who only pray in crisis tend to view God like he's a holy mechanic who only fixes our problems. Uh, what is it that keeps us from having a consistent prayer life outside of crisis? It's easy to pray in crisis. It's, it's easy to pray, uh, dare I say, in a, in a pandemic. But how, how do we have a consistent prayer life when our marriage isn't going through challenges, when our finances aren't in disarray, when we are healthy? There's a number of things that keep us from having a consistent prayer life outside of crisis. You feel ashamed, you feel obligated, you, you, you think, I don't know what to say. You know, this is where I think that having a routine mm-hmm. is extremely important. If you um, are consistent in your time with God, you're going to pray about all the things. Yep. Um, if you're out of a rhythm, and you're just in your car and you get a flat tire and you start praying because that was the first time you've prayed in a couple weeks, yeah. right? Yeah. Now you're out of a rhythm mm-hmm. um, and you're, you're praying crisis mode. You're praying for a rescue instead of praying in a relationship. And so to really culture that, I think, yeah, you need to have, have your moments. Yep. People are really good at getting up in the morning. Are you guys good at that? I am. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. You, I, I feel like you're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're also, hoping, you're hoping for a different a answer. Bit, yeah. <laughs> you're hoping for someone in the room to yeah. agree with you. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. It's it, not it's always hard. easy. No, it isn't. So For me, I'm more of a night person. Night person? But, yeah. As long as you have that consistency, right? And you're yes. building the relationship. Yeah, I think it has to be something where you it's an everyday thing. Okay. And honestly, and if you go, well, I have nothing to pray about, then, I mean, look outside. Look around your house. Mm-hmm. Look around and just go, I, God, thank you for this. And, and, if you, and if you can't even look around your house, just look at yourself. Like, thank you for, for making me me and giving me my individuality and giving, I mean, there's so many things that we can be thankful for and, and, and be, and be happy for, yeah. but it's that consistency of it. Um, because I think it's, in, it's interesting that he said, we only pray in crisis. Sometimes I have to be reminded to go to God in crisis because in crisis, sometimes I'll go, okay, I need to, how can I figure this out? And I, and I have to stop. And I think I a lot of times I think it's the Holy spirit going, Hey, talk to God. Right. Like God will give you peace in this. God will give you strength in this. And so you still I, do need to cast your burdens. Yeah, hundred percent. So there's that, there's that too. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. I think it is one of those things where I have to even remind myself, go beyond the morning, you know, uh, pray, you know, when pray without ceasing, I, I remember that scared me, that scripture, pray without ceasing. Oh man, I don't know if I could do that. Like do I have to just constantly be walking around and talking? And, and what that means is no, there's, there just shouldn't be a time Anytime should be prayer where you're constantly talking to God about anything and everything. Yeah. And for a while there, I was just praying only in crisis and I'm guilty of that, but just going to him whenever anything went wrong or I was in like the worst heartbreak of my life. So anytime I was sad, I was always talking to him, but then eventually I learned like when nothing hurts, like teach me how to pray too. Like when nothing is, Mm. when there's a song called when nothing hurts by Riley Clemens, it's really good. And it just, Lord, teach me how to pray when nothing is going wrong, when everything is good and you're blessing me, still teach me how to pray. And finding things to, like right before I work out, every time I'll send a prayer and I'll just say, Lord, thank you for giving me this body that's able to work out and to be healthy. Thank you for giving me, 
you know, the finances to be able to afford even to go work out or anything yeah. like mm. that. Just, and when I'm driving in the car, just thanking him for the ability to even do that. So yeah. just finding things anywhere to pray for him and, you know. Yeah. So, good. so like when you, when you train for a race, uh, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm a runner. I like, I like to run like one mile, six times a week, take off on Sunday. Um, but when people like these, the big races locally, like the Turkey Trot or the Bellin, uh, or the Cellcom, uh, when people get ready for these races, they do a lot of practice, right? So if you have, if you say do the Bellin, cause we do the Bellin every year that, that it's available to, uh, they give you a, a training, a training calendar. Like you should, st- you should start running about, about this, about this day and just do small. And then they tell you how long you should run. And so by, I think it's like a six week training, but six week, you should be able to run this and not hurt yourself. But then when you, when you think about it, like in, in prayer, like if I'm only practicing to run my race because of the race, am I living a healthy lifestyle when I'm not practicing, come on. Like if you're if you're doing your if you're doing your course and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I feel good, I feel healthy, I'm losing some weight, mm-hmm. my my insulin's responding good, I'm waking up early, going to bed good, mm-hmm. I'm happy. Um, but I'm only doing this because it's it's race time. Yeah. And when the race is done, uh, I don't need this. Yeah. Then like, am I really like living a healthy lifestyle, or am I living a healthy lifestyle in a race? Come on. Or am I living a healthy lifestyle when I'm praying in crisis? Or am I just going to him because it's crisis? Yeah. Uh, now, so I, I sponsor people in recovery. So I'm a, I'm a recovering uh, alcoholic and addict. And in the sponsorship, the 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 thing of it is, is, is I tell these people just call just call me call me every day, text me every day. Yeah. And the one thing I get the most is, well, life is going really good. I mean, I, that's why I didn't call you yesterday. I mean, I just wasn't going to tell you that life is good. Mm. Like, well, what you do here, it's the lesson is that when life is good. Text me because A, I want to hear that your life is good because yes. that fills my cup. But B, when life is not good, mm-hmm. it becomes so automatic that it's yeah. by second nature I'm going to text this person because I've been texting them the last 400 days. Yep. Why wouldn't I in my worst days, right? Yep. And I think of that with God. Like if I, I got to consistently mm-hmm. have a relationship because it's a relationship. Yep. It's not, it's, it's, it's a one-sided relationship. I've only gone to my dad when I need money. Come on. Hey, I need a... I need money for this. Can I have some? Yeah. I mean, my dad might give it to me. He might. He'd be like, well, okay, son. You, yeah. yeah. I mean, I see you living, but I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't the father at some point be like, you only come around when you want money, man. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I yeah. want you cause I love you. Mm-hmm. I want you in my life. Yeah. I mean, I can see it more of like a, like a two way street. Like I need to go to my father for on everything. Correct. I need to go Correct. to my father when life is good. I want, I want my father to know that, that the children I'm raising, are, I'm raising them for him. And did you see these cool things that happened today? Yeah. Did you see, you know, like I, I think of it like my, when my son brings a picture home, mm-hmm. like, do you see this? When my daughter brings, brings a color, like this is you and this yeah. is mom and this is Adler and this is our dog. Like that excitement that yeah. like, I, I look at him like, oh, so that's beautiful, baby girl. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I, that when I talk to my father, it's like that. Yeah. Like he is, he's stoked as a joke. When, when I say like, oh my gosh, did you see this? And, then, and did you see, oh my God. And then when we talk yeah. like, like yeah. and my prayers are, are oftentimes mm-hmm. like a little, like, like I, I, I'm talking like a five-year-old. Yeah. yeah. I remember I, I had to re like kind of build my relationship with my father. And I, I could tell in the beginning when I would call him, his assumption was that, oh, he probably needs money. He needs something. So he, his response was, hey son, how's it, what do you, what do you need? 
I'm like, nothing, dad. Just want to check up on you, see how things are going. Oh, good, good. You know, things are going good, blah, blah, blah. And so it took a little bit, but now our relationship is, hey, son, how are you? Because he knows I'm not going to ask you for anything. I just want to talk to you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I, the family's doing good. I just am reaching out because we haven't talked in a while. So I want to see how you're doing. And so it's that back and forth. And so then he started calling me, Hey son, I was thinking about you. Just want to see how you're doing. Mm. And so, yes, there, when, when it's more than just what I need, but, but who you are and everything like that, it does, it, ju- it will grow and mature your relationship because it's a consistent thing. And it's more than just the needs. It's the, also the, Hey, thank you for you. Or, Hey God, I just read this. And I'm so, you know, I'll sometimes put it on my part. God, I'm so thankful for your word because I needed that scripture. I needed that advice. You know, if you think about it like that. And I think that really uh, matures your relationship when you flip it from just what I need to just who you are. Yeah. And I, I love in your story, the thing that when I focus it on in my relationship with God, where it starts with, what do you, what do you need? Mm-hmm. What do you need? And then all of a sudden it's, oh, okay. How are you? Yep. And then your story ended with, Hey, I want, I want, I want, I want to give you this. Yeah. I want to, mm-hmm. I, I want to trust you with this. Yep. And isn't that kind of our relationship with Christ? Like if you're yeah. in a season where like, I don't feel like God's trust me with anything. Well, I, I would venture to guess mm-hmm. from my life experiences that are you in a season to be trusted with things, you yeah. know? If, if, if you feel like the, the, the one way street with God is, is I only go to him in crisis. Now he never answers. Well, he's, he's probably, he's answering. Yeah. Are you even ready to receive it though? Come on. And then now once you get a little bit more in this, it's a relationship. As you get a little bit further in this relationship, God not only gives, but he has also said, you know, I trust you with this. Mm -hmm. Hey man, I I, I want you to do this. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Ever meet famous people and you don't know what to say? Sometimes that's how you feel when you come to God and you think, I I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm me and he's him. Maybe you don't think he's listening. Maybe you think you don't want to bother him. Maybe you don't trust him. Maybe you don't think he's going to answer. Any of those situations are going to adversely affect and determine the reflection of your prayer life. They'll determine whether you have a relational prayer life or you have a rescue prayer life. It's, I love, I love Pastor's analogy on meeting famous people because being from the West Coast, you know, I, I, was, I was born in Las Vegas, but I, I was a, in ministry in San Diego. And so when you're in California, you do get these tendencies. If you go to Disneyland or if you just go anywhere in the LA area, you're going to see a famous person. And so there's been opportunities where I've had some interactions with a you know famous person and just talked with them, like just like they're a human being. But there are some people that I was like, uh-uh, I'm just going to see him and I'm just going to stop and I'm just going to, or I'm going to see her and I'm just going to go, nope. And, and I have stories where I go, yeah, I saw so-and-so but that was it. I didn't do anything else. But also I have that with Packers players. We had a punter named J.K. Scott, who I loved. I thought he was a great punter. I was really bummed that we traded him. Um, but he came to our church once and I looked at him and I said, uh-uh, I'm not going to say anything to him. He probably would have loved talking to me, but I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. So it's int- I love that analogy because that that can be the thing where you can go like some prayers, you can go, yeah, I, that's, I could talk about this. 
But other things you go, uh-uh, I can't, mm, nope, nope, can't do it. I'm just going to keep it to myself. And the uh, opportunities missed when you do it like that is is is, is crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 met a, I met a handful of famous people and... Uh, for whatever reason, um, I do I do know what you're what you're talking about in Los Angeles though. Like my family is in Los Angeles, and yeah, you meet you, you in the weirdest places. You meet you meet people. Um, air, airlines for sure. Uh, yep. I remember I remember one per, in particular. I, I I met, and I won't say who. Uh, a for for their sake, and B that you're like oh that was a person, huh? That was a person, but. <laughs> <laughs> But but I met I met I met this one person that I thought uh, I would have that in, in instinct reaction with, and I, as I said, I met a, a lot of people that you would deem famous or that were on you know, music charts. Um, but this the one person, and I'm really glad he he took it this way. But uh, I was a little struck, and then he introduced himself. He goes, "Hey, man." Because we were talking for a little, and I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm Keith, man. Hey, hey." And he's and he goes, "Hey, I'm da 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 da." I'm like. Yeah, I, I know who you are, you know, but, uh, bring it back towards, towards the topic of God. Um, I think God reacts a lot like that. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, we've been chatting for, for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. I know who you are, but, uh, you know, I'm God. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I know who you are, man. <laughs> um, but I, I think the relationship with my father is like that mm-hmm. where they always say, don't meet your don't meet your your role models. Don't meet your idols because yeah. they'll, they'll always disappoint. And that there's a lot of validity in that. There are. I have a tattoo on my body based on a lyric, and then I had the opportunity to tour with that band, and I showed them. You know, mm-hmm. be, before before one of the one of the shows, I'm like, yeah, I got this years ago. It was a, a really cool line uh, in in one of the songs you wrote, and um, his guitar player and and bassist goes, what, "What's that?" And th- they were super nice. And then he was. Uh, he goes, "No, that's." from da 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 the song. Um, but he was like, all right, cool. And walked away. I was like, I, I was thinking if, like, if I wrote something and someone tattooed that on their body, yeah. I would be like, oh man, good yeah. for, but I was like, that's just that, huh? Yeah. And it turns out he's just a socially awkward human being. Yeah. So I, I don't know what it meant. <laughs> but, but at the time I was really disappointed. I was like, huh, that's it, huh? Mm-hmm. Cool. So there's validity in that, but all of that to say is uh, God isn't like that. Mm-hmm. God isn't gonna be like whatever. Yeah, yeah. I see that you you did this for me. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. God God isn't like that. Yeah. God wants God wants you to be excited for doing His deeds. Yeah, He wants you to report them to Him, not because He needs the report, mm-hmm. but because He loves watching His children be excited about doing good and never tiring from it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and- yeah. God's just so He's so excited for you to talk to Him that. That's exactly it. He's never going to sit back and be like, well, what do you got for me today? Really? That's that's all we're going to talk about? And I take comfort sometimes in knowing too, even when I don't have the words, even when I just have feelings and I don't know how to express them to God, the Holy Spirit already knows and he's telling God for me 24 yeah. seven. Like, this is what Megan's feeling right now. This is Megan, you know, Megan's here. Megan wants this. Megan, Megan knows this. Megan yeah. needs to do this. Right. And I just take so much comfort in knowing that, that God is not the famous person who just does not. It just doesn't care. It doesn't care. It doesn't yeah. associate. It, it does, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to him. I yeah. mean, I, well, whatever. I, neat. You yeah. Know? yeah. He's not that. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Yeah, because he, he fully knows you, too. So, I mean, even if you don't have the words to say, just sit there in his presence and just be there and be still in him and just mm-hmm. know that he knows you and he created you. And that's just all you, you just yeah. got to sit there and be in his presence. And that's an interesting thing. Like, then then it goes, well, do I have to pray at all then? If mm-hmm. he's all knowing, if mm-hmm. he's, do I have to? And I, I would say, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't, I guess you don't have to do anything, yeah. right? It's America. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. it's land of the free. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure. Um, but I would recommend it. Yeah. I would recommend it. Uh, equal part prayer is, is meditation. I would like to break it down with the prayer, praying, pray, pray, praying, uh, praying. That's is, right. No, praying was right. <laughs> <laughs> praying is, is, uh, is my end of the conversation where I talk. Yes. Right. It's the talking. Um, but if all I do is talk to God mm-hmm. and then say, all right, deuces, I'm out later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then walk away. I never get to hear his response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, if I look at this relationship with my father as, as equal parts, I, I need to pray and tell him about what, what's going on. But I also need to take that moment and meditate. Mm-hmm. And I know some people have that like meditations like, oh, and it can be, I suppose. But meditation for yeah. me sometimes is just stopping for a second. And yes. Closing my eyes. Sometimes I'm closing my eyes and yep. just listening yeah. to what his answer is. Because right. the answers always come. Yeah. And I feel like the prayer part of that is the positioning. So you're positioning yourself in a place where mm. you can meditate and mm-hmm. you can receive. Yeah. And so thinking about that, like, am I aligning myself with God right now? That's why I need to pray, right? Yeah. If, oh no, I never need to pray because he knows all of my thoughts. Well, if you don't pray, you never positioned yourself in that spot. To, like to get an answer. Under the order. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, it's interesting going back to celebrity thing. Cause Keith said he wasn't going to name drop, but I'm going to name drop right now because, uh, <laughs> of, because it goes with this, this, this analogy really well. So there was a time when I was a kid that we were at a restaurant in Las Vegas and it was like a small little restaurant and we're sitting at a table. Not a lot of people are there, but at like the bar section is Pat Morita or, or other known as Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid. Oh, he's sitting by himself, mm. and there was a time where we just stared at him and said nothing, but we kept like, "That's Mr. Miyagi." Like I, I didn't think I knew. His, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Pat Morita. I might be saying that wrong, but I was like, That's he, was a, "He was a Packer fan, was he?" Yeah, like uh, there was a lot of footage of him on the sidelines at Packer. That's games. really cool. That yeah, is cool. <laughs> so there was a, there was a delay. But the whole thing was like, why isn't anyone talking to Mr. Miyagi? And so finally my dad was like, go, go talk to him. And so we went and we're like, hi, Mr. We didn't know his name. We said, hi, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> did, did he give you? Cause, cause he, he doesn't talk like that. No, he was very nice. Did, he, did he, goes, he give no. you the Mr. Miyagi voice? No, 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 yeah. no. He yeah. goes, ah, call me Pat. And we said, can we have your autograph? And he goes, yes. If you can get that waitress to come back over here. And we're like, we can. <laughs> and so he, we, he wrote it on a napkin. Uh, I love I it that he had you do his bidding. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. Just go get her. Cause I yeah. need more water. <laughs> Whatever you say, Mr. Miyagi. But that's kind of how prayer and meditation is too, is there is a time where we can stare and we can, and we can, and we thankful and be in the word, but there's gotta be also, like you said, that moment where you go, okay, now I need to talk to you because you are the great God. And I, I just, I can't not, not talk to you. And so, and so, yeah, I love it. I, I do wholly agree that there's times where we talk too much, but there's also times where we need to also talk some. And so that God can hear for us and have that conversation and that interaction. So, I mean, I mean, there's, here's a sermon right here. I mean, how, how many times does God act like Mr. Miyagi where he's like, no, I will do this for you, 
but can you go do that first? <laughs> there you go. You know? And right. I mean, how many times in our lives are we like, mm-hmm. God, can you just get me out of this financial problem? And he's like, yeah, I got you, but I need you to do this first and trust me, the rest of it will work yeah. out. You yeah. know, like that's a sermon right there. You did. You got a, you got a great sermon point out of it. Yeah, it, it, twenty year. Uh, what what if God was more like Mr. Miyagi in a Las Vegas restaurant? <laughs> that's that's what that's what the sermon's called. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Next, when we pray, we should fully surrender. Jesus said, "Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is." in heaven, and mm, that is hard for a lot of us. We want control. This idea of fully surrendering is putting ourselves at the feet of the cross and giving away control of everything, our hopes, our dreams, our agendas, our schedules, our relationships, our authority, our gifts, talents, finances, and it's hard. I mean, it was even hard for Jesus while he was getting ready to go to the cross, even though he knew that he had to do this his entire life, even though his whole life had led up to this very moment, he struggled to surrender all. The Bible says going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Wow, talk about practicing what you preach. This one for me was, I just loved hearing this one because I really needed it. Um, for a while there, I was just super down and not, I would trusted God. And I feel like a lot of people can just be like, yes, God, I trust you. But if you're not living it out and if you're not fully giving all of your trust to him, then it's like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. And for me, for a while, I was just like, Lord, I trust you, but but I'm holding on to this. I'm holding on to my finances. Mm-hmm. I'm holding on to this person, to this emotion. But like, I just wasn't fully surrendering that to him. Yeah. And once I did, I felt so much weight lifted off my shoulders. And it wasn't until like two weeks ago, Megan, when you called me about this job and I was just holding on to so much and just, I feel like the Lord is really like making me trust him. He was like, this is what you need to do. Cause I was praying for a while. I was like, how do I trust you? How do I just, how do I actually fully surrender myself and just give everything to you? And that was the moment yeah. when I just, I knew and I could feel it and everyone around me could see it too, just giving it all to him. And it is a hard thing to let go of your control, but to know that he has you and he has your back and he's going to be there for you no matter what is super, it's just a really cool thing and so important. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, the the the, the phrase and the, the, the thing, what would Jesus do? Jesus would struggle but he would also stop and go, I don't want to do this, but it's your will, not mine. Mm-hmm. And so I'm surrendering. I mean, he, I mean, and that's, what's interesting. I love what you said, Sydney is because that's true. A lot of times we'll say, okay, I'll give you this, but ah, no, 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 I'm going to hold on to this, you know, and, and we, and we, we fight with that because we're like, why, why do I have to change this? Why do I have to give him to this? And it's like, because God wants us to give him everything. And Jesus modeled that so much when he was about to die. Because he said, please, let this cup pass. Please, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm, But if this is your will, then I will. And so even through his fears and his, and his uh, anxieties, he still surrendered it. And it's interesting that we can get to a point where we can, we do that, where we can give something to God. We can surrender something to God and we're scared and we're nervous. We're like, okay, God, here, take it. I uh, hope you do something. 
and and he blows us away when we fully surrender to him. And so I think that's so so true that that even though we we may not and that's the funny thing is we're like nope I'm giving us to God and and we feel content. Like sometimes we give stuff to God and we're like I don't want to, but I I know I need to. Yeah, and part of that is you have to fake it until you make it. So if you feel like I just, I don't even know where to start. How do I, Mm -hmm. how do I give control? I don't, Jesus was honest. I don't want to. (laughs) It's okay to be honest and it's okay to tell God, I don't really want to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But slowly, I think he's going to change your mind on it. Yeah. Right. There's a purpose and there's a plan for you. And so you surrendering isn't you, um, you're not quitting or stepping out, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are living in his will. And like Sydney said, that feels so good. Something in you, in you changes. There's this lift the burden goes off because now my mom says it best. She goes, there's no better place to be than living in the will of God. Yeah. And you know, when you're under that, because there's immense blessing and, and power for you that you will find. And so a lot of those things that, yeah, you were stressed out about that um, were holding you back from giving control. Mm -hmm. Those things are going to be blessed and taken care of right before your eyes. I had a mentor uh, tell me once that uh, I like to say, I'm going to faith it till I make it. Because she was saying, yes, I don't feel this way, but I, in faith, I'm believing this. Because I, I, you know, when you say fake it till you make it, oh, you're just being fake. You're being, no, I'm just, I'm faith in it because right now I'm, I'm worried and I'm a little stressed, That's good. but I'm trusting God with it. And, you know, Proverbs says it, you know, uh, with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. You know, when you trust God fully, it can, it, it's not always pleasant, but it's necessary. And so I'm just going to faith it right here. Yeah. I don't, I do mm-hmm. not, I'm not matching with my faith right now. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not like, yeah, this is great. I'm giving him this. And you know, it is that surrender is, is tough, but also necessary and go, yeah, I'm just, I am by, I am doing a faith leap that you, like you said, Sydney, with your giving. I mean, remember that first time you gave and you're like, all right, you know, I hope you guys do this. You know, are you, where is this going? You know, you're just, okay, I'm going to trust God with this. And then when someone's like, no, no, you need to do that before you do anything else. The first fruits, what? Okay, I don't, and I literally said this, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay this bill, but I'm going to give this to you. And like the faith in that, but also the, the worry and anxiety in that too. And I remember God blessing and blessing because I said, I'm, I'm trusting you fully and I'm, it's not my will. It's your will. Yeah. I, I, what you're, what you're, you're talking finances there. Um, I, I always find it like interesting, uh, because finances have never, I've never been held captive from it. Like I, I give as I, 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 when I give, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I just give cause I, biblically, I t- I'm to give so it doesn't have control on to me. And that's what the tithe is. At some point, God had to say, well, there's a, are you, I, I know because you're humans, you're going to want like an actual denomination. So he's like a 10th. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I can, I can imagine as you said that some people listening and me, not one of them, but some people listen and go, ah, see, talking about money, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the people that are talking about money mm-hmm. and then, I, I, my head would go back and be like, yeah, well, what's the big deal? It's just money. Yeah. Like, cause the, the I'm not held captive by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. When I became a Christ follower, uh, 
I gave my life to Christ and that meant all of it, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a, uh, an, an amendment afterwards that said, but only if it benefits me, God, mm-hmm. I'll give you everything only if it benefits me. If I come out ahead deal, but if I start suffering even a little bit, I'm taking all this back. Yeah. It's not like that. That's not the arrangement we made. We didn't say you can have it, but only if that's you have, you have failed that trust fall exercise mm-hmm. It is a trust fall. You can have all of it, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm trusting that whatever you do with it is your will. And that's what, that's what Christ was saying in that. Mm-hmm. But if, but, and you know, as a guy that, what, about 30, 33, 35, depending on who you're asking, mm-hmm. this was going on. So in that day and age, that was a definitely a midlife crisis, mm-hmm. right? Like you weren't clipping 70 years at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So you, most, most, most men died in their late thirties. Yeah. Like that was a normal age to die. So, so that man's life cycle is done, right? For the better part of his, for, for the better part of society. Yeah. His life cycle is done. So he went through his entire life knowing that that was going to happen. Yeah. Like I, <sighs> can you imagine knowing exactly how you're going mm-hmm. to die your entire yeah. life and, and knowing exactly when, yeah. You know, like if you knew you only had another day to live, how would you do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and not only, not only that, I mean, but to know how gruesomely you're going to die. Yeah. Like from day one, this is how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. And so he's 24 ish hours out yeah. from, from his demise. And he says, I, is there any legit? Okay, I know for the first 30 some odd, we were like, I know it's going to happen, but now that it's like, it's real. Yeah. Is there any other way? Mm-hmm. Any other way? Yeah. And he knew the answer. Yeah. Yeah. And yet we see this beautiful surrender, mm-hmm. right? This moment where he knew exactly what was going to happen. And yet we still see mm-hmm. what his reaction is. And it's so humble and it's so kind and he still is so generous Right, it, it, but if, if if it's your will, let it be done. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is, I think if if if, if there's a takeaway from this podcast or a question you should ask is what are what is something that you're holding on to because you feel like if you let go of it, you'll crumble, and and, and I, I think for me, you know, was finances. Yeah, that was a that was I, if I give this, I'm already crumbling right now, you know, because when I started giving, I was I was a janitor, I wasn't making a lot of money, I just newly married. And so for me, I was like, I don't even know how we're going to make it. We, we were going paycheck to paycheck. And so to surrender that, I was like, if, if I do this, I'm going to crumble. And the great thing about this is I'm here to tell you I didn't crumble, yeah. that I made it through. And so what is that thing that you're holding on to that you're afraid if you give it to God and you surrender it to him, you'll crumble? Because I can tell you, you won't crumble. Yeah. For me, I realized when I became a mom a year ago, it was just that Mm -hmm. I'm holding like this perfect baby. And I'm like, he's mine. Like, I remember saying that to myself, like he's mine. And it was a really hard realization that no, he's not, not mine. Yeah. You're trusted with him. Yeah. Yeah. You're trusted with him. And so, um, for parents, that's so hard. Your, your heart is living outside of your body Mm -hmm. and to just, you have to literally trust your heart. It's completely in God's hands, everything. And so I think for me, having to learn that has been hard, Yeah. but there's so much faith Mm -hmm. that you're going to grow so much in your faith as you do that. 
Yeah, one thing for me, when, a couple months ago when I was getting out of one of the worst relationships I've been in, just really hard on me. Um, it was a long one. It was eight years. Oof. And it... And I wasn't in Christ during most of it, but towards the end of it, I started to really follow him. And then once I got saved and I gave my life to him, the next day after my baptism, he just opened my eyes to so much. And it's so cool how God works like that. And he just showed me everything that I was missing and that what I wanted to follow and who I who I was supposed to be and who he made me to be. Um, just letting, I knew that was it that was his will. It was what he wanted for me. And I just had to trust that I had to be like, okay, I need to walk away from this now because it's not for me. It's not what you, you have something better for me and just relying on that and trusting in him that he did have something better for me. And he did, he did. He had something amazing for me waiting and I just had to trust in him. And so if anyone's like holding on to some relationship or a friendship that they're not, you're just not, you know, it's not right. And you know, God's not, that's not his plan for you. Mm-hmm. Just trust him that he can, that you can walk away from it and he will be there for you. And he has something better. That's and, and you said it eight years. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, and we, we look at the timeline. I was in many relationships where I should have gotten out, but the timeline took precedence where I was like, well, I've been in it this long. Might as well. It's like, no, if it's not better healthy for you, if it's not good for you, then you got to get out of it. And so it's, it's, yeah, I think that's something that definitely people needed to hear because I think they go, I'm, I know I'm not, and I know this isn't good for me, but I have blank. And if, and if I do this, then it's will blank. And so, yeah, it, what are you not giving to God? Because you feel like it once you do, you'll crumble, I think is, is so, so, so important when, especially when it comes to not my will, but your will. Yeah. We started with the idea in this podcast that we go to God to ask for things and we ask questions. We want this done. We want this answered. Is God even listening? Mm-hmm. And we, I think we close it with saying that the answers come. Yeah. If your own house is in order. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't, I wasn't, I've never got an answer when I wasn't ready to receive it. Yeah. I've asked questions and felt like no one's listening, mm-hmm. but I was not anywhere near being ready to hear it. Yeah. Sydney says she gets baptized and all of a sudden this wave of, mm-hmm. of what God sees for her is, is released. Yeah. It reminds me of, of, uh, uh, a line in John. He says, and I've told you these things so that you may have peace. You know, I, I hear when I read this line, it's as I'm done reading the word, I close the book. It's a very long and big book Mm -hmm. that very, very few true, very few Christians actually do cover to cover. Mm -hmm. I finish this book and in John, he reminds me that I've told you all these things. I've told you from the start of man to how it's going to end. So you, so that you can have peace. Yep. You know, I will tell you these things that you ask for in prayer so that you can have peace. Yep. Next line goes, Hey, the world's going to throw some stuff at you, man, mm-hmm. but take heart. I have overcome the world. Yes. You know, Christ says, I've told you all this from the front to back. So as you can have peace. Now, if you don't have peace right now, mm-hmm. are you ready? Are, are you, are you in the right? Are you ready for the answer? Yeah. The answer sometimes are no. The answer sometimes it's been eight years. Mm-hmm. No. 
And are, are we okay to receive that answer? Are you okay to receive that answer? I've told you these things so you can have peace. I didn't promise you this thing. This life was going to be good. Yeah. In fact, I guarantee it's not. Mm-hmm. The world's going to give you some trials and tribulations, but then he always, he finishes this, this thought in John mm-hmm. with take heart. Yeah. And it's almost like Jesus gangster style. Goes, <laughs> yeah. Take heart guys. I've overcome this. Yeah. You're with me. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like we're in a real dangerous neighborhood. No, you, you, you know, the movies. Yeah. And the, the person leading the, leading, leading the, the rookie says, just follow me. I got you. Take heart. I've overcome the world. John 16, 33. And I'll put that, we'll put that scripture in the, in the, in the post. It's, it's my favorite, mm-hmm. favorite three sentences in the book. Yeah. So yeah, we will, we'll do that. And as a, as a, as we close out this podcast, um, I got a couple texts uh, and a couple people in the lobby tell me that my version of heaven was really nice. Nice. Oh. But I didn't get any emails telling me other people, like th- no one told me their version. Oh. Oh. I'm going to put my email again in the show comments. <laughs> mm-hmm. because Keep trying. Because I want to hear yours. Yeah, totally. Tell me what, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the episode right before this one. It's last week's Chew on that episode. Yeah. Uh, me, Megan, and Dallas talk about um, our versions of heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and I challenge you, I said, I, what do you, what do you, what, what does, what does heaven look like to you when you close your eyes and you're like, yeah, I bet you it's that. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. I also want to hear if, you know, if what we, what we said today, if there, if it sparks something in you, mm-hmm. um, e- email me. I mean, the texts were cool. I did get a handful of texts and, and cool. I know the people, obviously they have my phone number that sent it. And I'm, I'm glad you're listening. Yes. Uh, it, it means a lot that, that people I can call friends listen, um, and again, if you're listening to this and, and you saw me and you stopped me in the lobby and I, I, that was cool too, but I want to challenge you. I want to, because we, if we're doing this Christ thing together, it's not just, it's like prayer. It's not just a one-way street. Don't just listen to what I have to say or what Megan or Dallas or Sydney has to say. Mm-hmm. Chime in. Yeah. Let us, yeah. because we want to hear what you have to say too, because yeah. somewhere in this gigantic jigsaw puzzle of life, we all have the answers if we put our pieces together. Yeah. Right. So thank you for joining us today for this episode of Chew on That. If you enjoyed this episode and think someone you know may benefit uh, from the topics we discussed, hey, please share the the link to this podcast on your social media platforms. Um, it, this is just so, it, to essentially give more people to yeah. be exposed to the life-giving message of Jesus. Hey, we'd also love it if you would rate and review the podcast. Um, rating and reviewing it also just boosts our, 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 our exposure. Help us uh, out, man. On each five one of these. stars. Five stars, baby. Five stars. And if it's three stars, you don't got to rate it. Right? <laughs> five out You're like, well, they're okay. I mean, yeah. So if you're, if you're under Just five, don't. I mean, you don't have to rate it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but email us. You yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, hey, we love you guys for for listening, taking time out, uh, listening to this podcast, and um, yeah. It, it, just tr- advance the gospel, advance yes. the word. Yep. That's the only thing that we are truly called for is advancing the word of Jesus Christ to people around you. So again, my name is Keith. Thank you for joining us. And we can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>